everyone, welcome to Kasama Hanko, previously known as Reclaiming Filipinx Identity. Today on the pod, I am excited to finally introduce to you our third guest for season 6. And you kind of heard about their bio in the last podcast because I did kind of give a brief intro. But our podcast guest for today is Cristiana Villanueva. She is a Filipino-American originally from Oahu, Hawaii. She currently resides in Raleigh, North Carolina, where she navigates the confusing aspects of cultural and identity through poetry, film, photography, where she explores both and also attends a university in North Carolina. She cares deeply about her community, water polo, and family. I met Christiana from the Twitter space world of Filipino diaspora, but if we're going specific, uh, a really amazing person recommended me to interview her on the podcast and I'm really thankful that we crossed paths because getting to know her and having conversation about our culture and identity especially um, being able to share her side of the story about growing up as a Filipino in Hawaii and moving halfway to east coast with not much filipino just a very white predominant area is different and i'm i'm like very excited just kind of introducing her because she will be the first narrative in the east coast and before we start, I wanted to ask you this question to get you kind of to think a little bit of what we're going to talk about is when it comes to reclaiming our Filipino identity, what does it mean for you to reclaim our Filipino narrative, especially reclaiming something that wasn't always ours to begin with? And it was something that was there. Um, and I asked this question because I know we asked this a lot in our previous podcast guests. And I never really get to ask in the intro. So before we start, kind of reflect a little bit of what does it mean to reclaim our Filipino identity. A Filipino narrative to you. And let us know by giving us a message on our Instagram and even giving us a voice message on Anchor, which will be provided in the show notes below. But I want to keep this intro a little bit shorter, so I'm excited for this conversation game comes. Good question. Hi, everybody. I'm Christiana. My friends know me as Kiana. I go by she, her, Sha pronouns. And I'm a student right now, this spare time. Lifeguard instructings, and I'm also a barista. Like Chachi said, originally from Oahu, the beach represent. And I currently reside in Raleigh, North Carolina. 
I attend university here at NC State University, and the past couple of years I've been really getting into the Filipino identity and the Filipino community around here, as well as um, online. Twitter has been an interesting time, um, just trying to community and like really get to know my roots and everything. I'm really into poetry, film photography, and storytelling in those types of ways, and I'm trying to focus on connecting through the community with those and kind of like storytell in that way kind of like what Chachi's doing which is awesome that this podcast is in existence and that we found each other through some mutual friends um as that relates to my personality that's kind of hard I want to say sapin sapin because that's like my favorite Filipino dessert but I feel like I'm more like below below because I have so many things going on and it's just like you never know what you're going to get in a spoonful more full of. And it's just like there's so many different like profiles and tastes of that. But all around is just like a very sweet taste. So I feel like that's more like my personality right now. Oh, my gosh. I I don't know why, but when you said Pilopilo, just like I feel it. I see it with the further said and do. I love what you do, especially when you said poetry and film photography. I'm just like. Yes, like that is just a really great way to just um to just do in your spare time. And honestly, like it's I feel like poetry has been like so underrated, but it should be like really like popular because it's a really great way to just express yourself. I feel like it was kind of nice too, just because like online there's a big community for poetry especially in the filipino community they have two main places that do flam poetry or like poetry readings and stuff and open mics and it was nice with the pandemic just being able to kind of get on zoom and see other poets and see other artists just express what they're doing and everything and from like different places because there are people from australia participating and Chicago, a lot of people, and everything as well. So that, that's been really cool. Um, with photography, it's been interesting because I don't have a background in that. But I mainly shoot film and started doing some digital, not the best at digital, but it's just like kind of intimidating sometimes too, just to like jump into that world. But yeah. You go back to where we left off. Um... Have you personally struggled with fully embracing your cultural identity? Um, that's such an interesting question because up until I hit college, really, I didn't like I, I identified as Filipino American and I definitely felt a lot of pride for it and knew that it was a big part of my identity, but didn't really go too much into it because when we moved from we actually moved to the East Coast. We were in North Carolina and where we was a predominantly white area. So I knew that I always different from my peers and I was, you know, being Filipino American is this thing, but I was so removed from what I knew in Hawaii, which there are a lot of Filipinos over there, all of our families there. So we had that culture aspect and we moved here and it was like, we tried to go to a couple of Filipino churches, which I think helped a little bit, but the term like Filipino or Filipino American, I think that for me, a lot of my insecurities just kind of showed, 
themselves with trying to embrace that up until this point. And it's like, I've struggled with literally every identity that I own. And that's more on like my insecurities. But once I started to actually like go deeper into the language, into the culture, into what I think it means to me and what I want it to mean to me and what I should be relearning and what I should be questioning about the history that I've learned, the history that I want to learn about not only like Filipinos in America or even the Philippines in general or even my own in America or even the Philippines in general or even my own family history. I had struggled with just like a lot of the things that I lacked, which I know isn't necessarily my fault. But now that I've talked to more people, gotten into the community more, I've seen that I am struggling less. So yes and no on kind of, I guess, if I personally struggled with fully embracing cultural identity, just because it's always been like a gray area with how I am with some of my family or some interesting question, I guess. I have to exist in so many different spaces and so many worlds that, you know, like the whole thing about who you present to be um, kind of starting to like realign and present itself more that I am in college. And now that I'm going into professionalism and the professional world as well. No worries. Um, honestly, I really felt that in a way, especially because seeing how things are now, with, and we, I, you even mentioned it um, prior um, when we like the community, the virtuality, like it's it's really present. It's really like um, you really see people like talking on Twitter, and you see this community like you struggling together collectively and the more that you hear um, people's reply tweets you see that oh they're we're actually all struggling the same way and you kind of see that sense of connection so I I I really I really felt you then think to bring it bring it up because growing up in Hawaii and then moving to an house where you barely see Filipinos being a like, um, say if you felt that culture shock. Yeah, I definitely felt some culture shock. So I moved when I was around eight. We would go back like every summer. But walking into my classroom the first time and just being like, oh, wow, like I this might sound bad, but like I didn't know that many white people existed because like I went to school in Hawaii and it was like two white kids. Everybody is like either Filipino or Japanese or like Kanaka, they're like native Hawaiian. And you don't really, I didn't really think of myself like as an outsider, like that race really was the thing that it is that I've seen online and like the racial issues, I guess also because I was younger, that I've been made more aware of here in North Carolina, because once we got here, it was plain to see like we're different than everybody else people did treat us differently people thought we had accents even even though like my parents have been in the states for so long like I was born in the states I don't even speak Tagalog fluently so it's like well what's my accent are they referring to like the fact that oh maybe I speak a little bit differently because I'm from Hawaii or like what like 
I don't even know. I don't even think I have an accent now, but yeah, um, everything that I've seen with the community on Twitter and on Instagram and just like online though has been really cool because with everything on identity and even though we've been talking about identity for so long like I have an aunt in Seattle who is a professor and she is psychology and sociology and she does a lot of Asian studies stuff so she's been saying like oh the Filipino community has been talking about this kind of stuff since I was your age, since like I started teaching or I started going to college. And it's like the fact that we're still kind of discussing the same things, kind of fighting the same things is kind of, I mean, it's not disheartening, but it's also like the progress that we've made is just like little by little, even though we're all helping each other and like providing resources for each other to learn Tagalog or for recipes and like connect it's just like especially on the east coast because I feel like there's not as many resources you just kind of feel like lost and if it wasn't honestly for the pandemic I wouldn't have even connected with like all of this community and gotten to see people do spoken word or see people's projects because now I have friends in all across the US and Canada, Australia, back in the Philippines. And it's like, wow, like if I ever want to go on a cool, really long trip, I have people to visit, you know? Exactly. And I I guess when you mentioned like your your um, the things that we are learning, relearning now and still is the similar things that they were learning before, really tells you how much the system um, and it, that's something that we are always striving for reformation. The more that we continue to really speak, the more that we hear stories like this, the more that we continue to push peacefully, um, we are able to slowly, uh, but surely, really the future for the next generation. I agree. I'm very interested to hear about like your experience with like relearning and everything though on Oahu because um, I mean, I've only gone back for summers and whenever we're there, it's always just like, oh, like let's eat as much as we can. Let's go beach. Like let, we got to go visit all your aunties and uncles. We got to go drive around. And it's like, I don't really get a chance to like really explore all that stuff. They're telling me stories about like, oh, your aunt and uncle used to fight so much or just like, family kind stuff like that but um I'm interested to like hear about your experience with like relearning and the and resources stuff. that you have and stuff but in the aspect of relearning for myself there honestly this past few this past few months especially within the pandemic itself it's really been a lot honestly and I feel like through just like I, I agree with you like if it weren't for this pandemic like I think I wouldn't have gotten to know and really understand what it means to be Filipino what it means to be brown in in, in Filipino in Hawaii <laughs> and it it's just that um that the thing that I learned the most is it's really about community work and it's really about finding like-minded people as you to 
to help you along the way because in history wise there's a lot to process there's a there's so much um so much tears so much frustration and so much anger and for me when it came to relearning all of the history that we were exposed to as kids it was it's really different because when we were kids um and you learned this in elementary schools it was taught in like the most in the most like clean way like it's not what we have it what is not what we have expected as we grew up so the the i feel like with us now um being able to understand all of the things that we are learning today i feel like it's our continued like mission to help those in the schools today learn that they're not alone in everything that they're going through especially in, in the terms of identity wise it is going to be a challenging road but at the same time to reassure them that they're not alone i agree like for future generations i definitely want that it's like they're not struggling as much as we are especially now that we have all these like connections and all these different forms of technology to connect with each other and like the fact that we're doing this podcast and you're on Oahu and I'm literally on the east coast like that's so cool you know <laughs> and it's like people get to hear this story people get to like maybe connect with it or they can draw different things and connect it to their um, stories and it that's what I love about storytelling because like you never know what kind of impact it's going to have on people agreed honestly so. like one thing that I would like to bounce off from you when it comes to storytelling is that and I feel like people overlook is that storytelling has a lot of power um, especially when it came to our ancestors their oral history is so important because one thing that we 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 know is the enemy is mainstream media they are always the ones that's trying to form this kind of erasure to make sure that to make sure that our not erasure especially when picking and choosing what should be out on the public and leaving so being able to do collective work and hearing our stories and like, continuing this movement is plus put together all the truth because the mainstream media will never get it right. That's that's always the thing is media will always try to pick and choose what needs to um, be. Speaking of like storytelling, so in North Carolina, they have a nonprofit organization that um, it's called NCAAT. And they're really big on like voting and like civic involvement and everything for Asian Americans in the state. And they partnered with two other, um, I guess, nonprofits as well. And they hosted a workshop where everybody could apply. You had to be either part of like the LGBT community or a person of color. And it was a workshop about storytelling. And they paired you up with a mentor and of your like choice of whatever you wanted to do. So I was doing storytelling and trying 
and poetry, as well as trying to fit my photography in there. And we created projects. So these could be like lifelong projects or just projects you wanted for that workshop. And my project actually was with photos that I had for, I had gone back to Hawaii for the first time in like seven or eight years because after my grandparents died, we just, I started high school. We didn't have time to go back, but it was like a big trip for me. And I wanted to show like how big of a trip it was for me, how within my identity that shapes more on like how I want to be, what I want to have my culture be as part of my identity and everything. And the project title was, <clears throat> excuse me, um, identity across the U.S. And the idea was that this is my story, like this is how I want to present it. And I want to interview and storytell with a bunch of other people because the United States is so vast, even just like Filipino stories are so different. And the Filipino-American story itself is so vast you have so many different experiences and the term American itself like there are so many different stories that are untold so many stories that should come to light and should be put out there just because like you don't see it in mainstream media just because like you said like it's so cultured that like it's not going to represent everybody one and it's going to erase a lot of people and I mean I'm still working on it but hopefully like I have the website up for it and everything um but with school and it's been hard to like schedule time and with the pandemic it's mental health has been kind of rough but I'm hoping to kind of like kickstart that project more and get more people to like want to contribute in whatever form they want to like whatever expression of art they want to and I just think it's really important to kind of have like those communities and have those connections with people. So yeah, a lot of growth. <laughs> I advocate. I love that. That's honestly, I really wish the best. And I feel like that is really something that needs to be uplifted the most because even when you said the title, I got chills. It's not only because it's low-key kind of cold here, maybe not as cold as the East Coast, but Hawaii cold. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got really chills when you said that. I was like, oh, like I feel like that's gonna, that's literally going to change something. But when that kind of said, and I feel like you briefly really mentioned it, and maybe tying into the question that I have, and feel free to um, elaborate more, is that from now. And before, how would you see yourself with your cultural identity? So for me, I definitely identify more with the term like Filipino American, just because like I have that mixture of both like being Filipino and the expectations that my parents have on me and what their culture has taught them back in the Philippines. But I also have like the American culture, both from being here in North Carolina and having predominantly white friends and having and American education and American media, like influencing my thoughts and lifestyle and everything. But I also have, even though Hawaii shouldn't be a state um, because it was illegally. OK, anyways, we'll get into that later. Um, but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I have the Hawaii um, aspect as well. It's just like I don't think I 
I identify with one or the other. It's just a mixture of both. And I think that a lot of times Filipinos in the Philippines will discredit or even Filipinos here in America will discredit other Filipinos for being too Americanized or for not being too Filipino enough. And that's like part of the culture that we need to like reevaluate and maybe restructure and maybe talk to our peers and talk to our parents about because I know I've gotten a lot of negative thoughts and negative things about how I identify with because of things like that but um, I've definitely found that now as compared to before I am super proud to tell why I love being Filipino even though I've learned more about our history and how many times we've been colonized and just kind of reevaluate like what it means to be Filipino and Filipino American because I know they're two different things and it's just like I am trying to learn what I want to I guess not really like pick and choose what I want from my culture but rather what I evaluate things to uphold and things that I think are toxic and that I don't really want to pass on to my community or if I have children to my children or just in like the places that I am. I know that um, with my cultural identity, it's big in more than the fact that like, this is how I identify, this is my ideals, but also in like the way that I cook or the way that I am with people and work in just like regular interpersonal relationships. Like if I feel comfortable enough to show that side of me, especially being in a predominantly white area, um, but I, with, I guess, um, cultural identity before I would just be like, oh, like, yeah, I'm Filipino American. Haha. No, I don't speak Chinese or Filipino or whatever it is you think Asians speak because there's a lot of miseducation here, but, um, I'm trying to be more intentional about my identity and about what I want to learn and what I want to pass on. So I'm, I'm learning more Tagalog. I'm connecting more with my family, learning our family history. Like I write letters to my grandma who lives in Florida all the time. Um, I'm asking about, you know, like how we came to the U S like what kind of things my parents experienced. And especially now that like, I have more of a relationship with them other than like just relying on them to drive me places and like, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting because being Filipino is a big part of my identity identity, and it has caused me a lot of pain and a lot of joy, especially with like also Christianity and its role in being Filipino or my parents aren't Catholic, but I did grow up in the church, but being in that and being in Filipino churches and learning about all this other stuff has really shaped like my identity in general as also being Filipino-American but also being gay and wanting to um, like fight that struggle of like oh like maybe I I don't like women or maybe I do or, or that's a sin and all that stuff and it's just been like a big struggle for the last couple of years but I finally feel like I'm in a place where it's like yes this is my cultural identity this is my identity you know as a whole so I think that 
everything that I learned from this point on will kind of reinforce and solidify like who I want to be and who I'm becoming kind of thing. And that was like a whole lot again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm totally fine. I honestly, this, honestly, when you were talking, I was, I was transcribing everything that you said. And one of the biggest points that you kind of hit is this idea of, um, growing up in the church, um, being gay and wanting to fight that struggle. And I feel like, uh, and I have friends who are Catholic and who are gay and they also have that struggle. And I feel like this is one of the narratives that gets overlooked most of the time because being Filipino, there there is this stigma against like um, being part of our cultural identity and also we are tied with religion and it's so hard because they don't go hand in hand like people will go will really discriminate you and especially if you are um if you are gay and catholic or if you're gay or christian because it's 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 one of it's one of the narratives that's it's it's i you don't hear as much especially because a lot of a lot of our kind of are still trying to marinate that, that idea for themselves. Yeah, I feel like most of the Filipinos I know here are Catholic, but so my parents grew up Catholic. They were, I guess, like Pentecostal is the term, but like we grew up in the church. I grew up learning the entire Bible, like what's a sin, what's a not, what's not a sin and everything and like learning and doing research on my own instead of just taking in whatever has been told to me has especially about Christianity in the terms of homosexuality or Christianity in general. Um, there were just like a lot of unanswered questions that I had and it's helped me a lot kind of with the way that I approach Filip being Filipino as well just because like everything that I've been told I've just kind of gone along with up until this point and it's like now I'm actually trying to understand why things are the way that they are or why I think a certain way or why my parents would think a certain way and it's a lot of like because of the fact that the Philippines has been conquered so many times and like imperialism and everything there are a lot of negative and a lot of different things that have been stigmatized in the Philippines or have been become the norm because of like American in influence or like other influence. And it's like, do I like, do I want to accept this or do I want to, how do I want to approach this and everything? And it's been interesting talking to my parents about all of this and everything because they have such a different mindset and a different experience and background regarding like all of the stuff that I'm learning too. So it's like a constant struggle. <laughs> I want to feel like I want to say like how I feel with religion, mm -hmm. honestly. And that is really nice to be, to hear that you are able to talk to your parents about this topic, especially because it's 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 one having them know, and also it's one to also have um, a continued dialogue with because even if it's something that uncomfortable for many parents. I'm really glad that for you and your parents, like it's it's a working dialogue. 
kind of a working dialogue, but that's like a totally different story. <laughs> Another thing also before I wanted to move into the next question is I really wanted to validate on what you said about trying to be intentional of your own identity and what you want to learn is what you want to be able to pass down to your future kids, future for the community. And I think that is one thing that is really valuable as um, that you really brought. Yes, it is. Um, no, I've been thinking a lot about community and like wanting to build more community here on the East Coast because I feel like we don't have as many resources as they do on the West Coast, especially in California. Um, I'm really involved in our Filipino group at my college. So I go to NC State and we're part of the, it's called FIND. Um, and it connects all the like university college Filipino groups together on, I guess, the East Coast. So I'm like the D7 rep, but we're trying to build a community within our school as well as within like this coast and trying to see like, how can we be making these connections? How can we be challenging people to think more instead of just being, um, I don't know if you've seen this online, but like lumpia liberals or like boba liberals. <laughs> yeah, instead of just being like people who just like post about all these things and then like will say all this stuff and then never do anything about it, you know? And it's like we, and we as in like me and a couple of my friends um, in the group, are wanting to like pass on something so that people will want to continue to learn more about the culture and connect with it more and so than just like oh having a place to have a party or people to go to a party with which is like that's okay like that's what community is like it's not it shouldn't always be hard and shouldn't always be like oh like we need to build this you need some fun time like you always need time for rest but it's also like we want them to go dig deeper other than just being like a lumpia liberal or a boba liberal and just like actually see what this identity means to them and what they can be doing to like if they want to to take the chance and like learn more or do more and stuff and like we tried to start an anak bayan i don't know if you've heard of the organization i think they have one in hawaii yeah um so we tried to start one here but it was kind of hard with the pandemic because it was just like our friends kind of showing up and I don't know, it's just been difficult with online scheduling and school on top of that, but we're hoping to get back into that. But yeah, we're like really trying to focus it on community and making it a community that you can learn and grow and actually connect people. So. Definitely. And I think when it comes to, our cultural identity. I I totally agree with you that, especially in the East Coast per se, there there isn't much there. Like you can see that's there. Um, many of the things that we see is like, they're all in, it's very big in California. And I feel like the more that, with the work that you guys are doing, like you and your friends in the East Coast and building the community, even if it's just starting small, I think that that is just a huge effort, honestly, because it's, 
it takes a, I think it takes a lot of strength to build something, but when you have a foundation of really close knit friends and being able to pass on the knowledge along with alongside, um, it will it will build something great. And I think I wanted to um, ask if you were familiar with Unipro. I actually am not. So Unipro is like a, a, a chapter. It started in New York. Um, it's a Filipino American uh, organization where um, they educate, empower, and connect other Filipino American community. Um, and they provide a platform for dialogue and growth. And I feel like um, this could also be a stepping stool to help create that um, create that resource in the East Coast, especially for our Filipino and Filipino Americans who do live in the East Coast and are looking for community because I feel like it's it's really it's really needed. And I, I agree what you say like I think one thing that's helping or not not helping our community is seeing all those um like what you said the Lumpkin liberals and all of that like they, they see it as a joke but and they always look past it like it's not always going to be jokes, but sometimes if we if if someone can push to the right direction that oh it's important to also get to know who we are as well. I'll definitely check that out. Um I know that once the semester ends, everybody will be able to just like take a breath and actually okay. do stuff. Um but yeah, like I agree with like the whole community thing and like the east coast is lacking a little bit i mean in the bigger cities i'm sure it's it's a little bit better but like if you're here where i am i i go to school in like the capital so the two cities surrounding us or closest to us have they call it the research triangle have two big schools like unc chapel hill and duke as well and that is like fine I guess for like representation and like having a little bit more of a connection, but being able to, if you're out more in other places of North Carolina where you don't have like a lot of um, like community, especially a lot of Filipino community is what we have with technology now. I'm hoping that we can kind of help connect them to, especially what all we've learned with like Zoom and being able to like stream things and just like, how we can connect with one another online. Um, and I'll definitely check out how other people are doing things and like would love su suggestions on how we can kind of connect people. But yeah, for like right now, that's what we're doing. Um, you said it was Unipro in New York. All the things that I wanted to highlight before we move on to the next question, which is the staple question, of course. Um, we're called Reclaiming Philippinex Identity and I always want to hear in how you kind of want to answer that question. What does it mean to reclaim our Filipino identity? 
So for me, like reclaiming Filipino identity is really learning about my culture and where that fits into my life. So it's about honoring our ancestors, honoring our elders and our traditions and melding that into my current life as well as my future. I think that reclaiming the Filipino identity is different for everyone and it's a different path for everyone as well. So for a lot of people, it's just a lot of learning or unlearning and a lot of like self-reflection. At times, it can be isolating and it can even cause a lot of negative feelings. But all in all, I think the community, if you seek it out, if you find um, who you connect with and what you connect with, it's, I think it's totally worth it. And that no matter what capacity that you're reclaiming this identity, um, there is no right or wrong way, as some people might feel. Um, I talked a little bit earlier on how I think it's a some people can be or some types of thinking can be divisive in terms of like people trying to reconnect to this culture. And I agree that, yes, we should all be reevaluating and learning our history. But sometimes there are ways like the way that things are said and the way that things are done mean a lot to people. And like it can turn a lot of people away from the community. So we have to be very self-conscious and like look at what the elders have done like our ancestor or like my aunt who's in Seattle like what they has worked for them and what hasn't worked for them because a lot of the issues like the term Philippinex has popped up and it pops up like every month on how it should or shouldn't be used or how it's not a part of the Filipino language and like all this other stuff and it's like my aunt was saying that we're still arguing the same things that they were arguing back then. And I think a big part of us not achieving more in like, I hate to say like representation or just like not achieving more in our community is because we are fighting so much and not looking back on like what has been done and everything too. So I think we definitely need to do that. But, um, it's just like, I think with reclaiming this identity, I felt that, uh, sorry, I lost my place in my notes. Um, Find something <laughs> off memory, yeah. like, and making it more um, raw. I think, like, there's no right or wrong to answer. It's, it's, it's your own thought. <laughs> Yeah, I got you. I just like there were like points that I definitely wanted to hit um, before I like trailed off and everything. But I think that's what I wanted to hit the most. Um, I just think that, yeah, like there are some things that can be dev divisive and for reclaiming it, it's rec reclaiming the, I excuse me, I'm getting tongue tied, um, reclaiming our Filipino identity to me it's really just like giving myself a future and giving whoever I want to have in my life a future because if you're not like your true authentic self if you're not working towards being the best self that you can be then like I don't really see what I mean yeah there are going to be some joys in life but like I feel like there's the best joys in life if you do that and if you're 
searching for things that actually truly make you happy instead of just like going with the status quo or like all that other stuff um and like reclaiming the Filipino identity to me means like not having to I mean it's it, it's like it feels so significant like reclaiming it that it's hard to put into words because it definitely like saved me from feeling so lost and helpless in terms of just like where I was in school and who I was hanging out with and who I was becoming just because while I was going through college it was like yeah I was making all these friends who were having quality time but I feel like there is this part of me that they don't get and with reclaiming the Filipino identity I feel like a more of an inner peace within myself I guess so yes um for me it's really about like the community and what it's and what bringing it's to me bringing and what I can bring, what I can bring into the community definitely and I think right when you said like just just this concept of like even thinking about reclaiming our Filipinx Filipinx Filipino identity like it's hard because it's really it, it's your own answer it's how you authentically want to believe because we all have our different interpretation of it and it's it's a it's a mouthful, especially because we're we're still learning, we're still relearning, we're still unlearning many things. And one thing that you brought up that I was like nodding my head is um, this thing that you said about we are fighting so much that we're not looking back on what has been done. That is just that should be on a shirt or everything or in a mirror because that is the thing that people need realize is that we're yes there is so much that we have done there's so much but one thing that we forgot is our elders our ancestors we forget to listen to them because they have things they have tried things that we probably is trying to try but we have also um I think this is one thing within our culture as well and that is tied to our values is we are ashamed. We are ashamed of failing them that we get so lost to realize the idea that it's okay. That's a thing. It's okay. Um, and I'm going to echo a word is that it's okay um, from this past interview that um, I was just transcribing before we started is that um, there is this book, Karen Tayamashita, um, an activist was talking to an elder and talking to a manong and the elder said, I'm sorry we failed you. And the manong said, there is no failing, but there is only living your life. Learning that a lot of what you think is a failure is really a process of living your life. and. I feel like that is like that is one thing that's really hitting for everyone and one thing that you also bring up because we have this notion that we're scared to we're scared to fail our ancestors. We're scared to fail the future generation, but it all it all takes just listening and being able to um, 
listen to ourselves, listen to our elders, um, so that we can all a better future for our community and our future children. Yeah. No, I definitely, no, I definitely, I definitely, agree. I definitely agree with the whole failing thing because the amount of times that I have cried about school or about my identity on not feeling like I'm enough because of like the expectations I've put on myself because of having to like carry the fact that my ancestors worked so hard to come here to give me this opportunity to live this life and it's just like yes I put most of that on myself but the fact that also in our generation that failure is seen as like such a bad thing and that we don't really know how to deal with failure um and to just like pick yourself back up from that and to like continue onwards is such a big thing because I remember like the first college class that I failed I was like oh my gosh like I don't even know why that happened like why am I such a failure why am I not enough for all of these x y and z like all of these things and I realized like this isn't the end of the world like I'm still a good person. I still care about my community. I still care about my family and I still care about the future and wanting to make a difference. And so like, why am I so bent about having to retake this class? You know, it's like, it's one class. It's, it's a college degree. So yeah, I think that failure in itself, like we take it as a negative thing, whereas we should take it as something to, help us grow to help us get towards more of like what we want to be and what we need to be you know I don't know if it's just me but I feel so much just chicken skin from just having this conversation with you because there's so much that we're we're both processing and being able to just um to just be able to talk for, for as well as hearing your own perspective and your history as well has is has so much in this is the reason why I started to create this because I I want to hear stories um, and I really want to be able to hear what needs to be heard. Yeah, I'm so glad that you started this and that you're like continuing the project, continuing to like search out people. Like I was, so was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Like I love that. I love that. I know. Just like I'm sorry. Like you may not know me, but someone refers you to me so I'm gonna do this I I agree that it's nice to connect with people who like maybe understand something that other people want in like a perspective but um I was gonna say that even with your like podcast and everything you're learning about like oh maybe some people won't want to be on pat be on your podcast or like you might have a failure and x y and z and you're learning from all of that and it's like you're still getting out these stories, you're still putting in this work. And like, that's amazing. I'm so happy that you're doing this. And like, if you ever need any more support, or like, if I can boost it any more than I can, like, let Someone me know. Someone referred like, you I, to I, me, I so to, I'm going to do love supporting your projects and like other Filipino projects and stuff. And then yeah, part I mean, of it, part of it is also like a, a learning experience because um it's just, it's just Yeah, nice next time I'm in Westlock, we can hang out. Other Filipinos who grew
So for me, in 10 years, I don't see like, oh, this is exactly where I'm going to be. Like, this is how I want to be living my life. It's more of like a grand scheme, grand, big idea type of thing. But in 10 years, I definitely want to be surrounded and supported by like a great community made up of individuals who want to better the world around them. So like people who are passionate and who aren't afraid to share their passions and aren't afraid to like be silly, be goofy, but also get down and work for the world that they want to live in. I mean, I see myself making a difference in the communities that I am in and like whatever position or career path I end up going down, I know that I'll be able to connect with people and I I want to be able to help storytell. I'm not really sure like where I'll be. I would love to be back on Oahu, but I also have so many plans of just like traveling and seeing different parts of the world. Like I haven't even been to the Philippines yet and I would love to maybe live there for a little bit or just like I definitely want to visit and everything, but I know that eventually I'll just be surrounded by good people, good food, and lots of love and community. So that's my 10-year plan. Um, I know that my parents' 10-year plan for me might be different than that, (laughs) but I know that in the end, they'll definitely just want me to be loved, to be in good company, and if I end up back in Hawaii, even though um, I know, like, that's where my heart wants to be. That's where I want to be. I still feel guilty about, like, being there sometimes just with the history that I've learned about Hawaii and um, how it became a state, became a state and, like, is still a state and all that stuff and how Kanaka aren't able to live in the communities there. But um, end goal may be... Hawaii 10 years from now just wherever I am making a difference having good community making a difference is the main goal so yeah I mean if you could give advice to the next generation uh, what would it be and also to tie in with a closing remark is advice you would give yourself 10 years from now Hmm, that's that's good. So, um, for the going to the first part, like advice to the next generation, don't be afraid to talk and connect with those in your community. Like it may seem very intimidating, but I promise that like people are gonna want to talk to you. People are gonna want to help connect you to other people or give you resources. And don't be afraid to like what we were saying earlier. Don't be afraid to fail, and take it as a like, hey, maybe I should redirect or hey, maybe I should do something else this way. And like whatever you're interested in, whatever you're struggling with or whatever you're wanting to pursue, you have an entire networking system and support system kind of like right there. Just be curious and be open. Don't be afraid to challenge and be challenged because a lot of what you've learned, a lot of what you think you know could be challenged itself. Um, Don't be afraid to question and to be questioned and don't get defensive about like anything like keep for me general rule is like keep an open mind um once your body starts to like clench up if your fists are clenching if your jaw is clenching you're getting defensive take a deep breath relax try to open your palms if you lift them up 
towards the sky, like your palms are lifted up. Um, it's harder to just like want to clench up that way. And you're, you, you're going to feel a little more open. Um, and I guess advice to myself in 10 years is to not forget where we are now, not to forget where we came from and to continue to like learn and to grow and be open. Um, everything that I'm telling to the people that I'm in community with, especially like my addings in our Filipino group, um, I want to be able to like remember what being an ate to them is and like all this other stuff and like being at these like humble beginnings before we even are like professionals before we've done all these other things that we want to do like remember this and remember where you want to be like the question before like what you wanted to be in 10 years or where you wanted to be in 10 years and see and evaluate if that's where you are really 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 great advice and one thing that i wanted to like validate is what you said don't be defensive and listen to your body especially when it starts to clench up i feel like that's a really a really great advice for those who who are in the in decisive mode especially those who are anxious, who are scared, because that's that's one thing is to keep an open up for their silence. We reached the end of the questions, and this is a free space for you to share your share your or express yourself in a way that you want, whether it be through a poetry or a song, um, because I found it that sharing your poem or song or anything that you do outlet wise is a really just a great way to conclude so a lot of my poetry is unfinished like a lot of it is very rough because i'm really bad at going back and kind of like re-editing and a lot of it is mostly written so this poem is entitled half written which is very fitting just because a lot of my poems aren't finished or they're half written and I feel like that's very indicative of where I am in my life and like the journey that I'm having right now but this is half written there are a lot of ideas concepts things that I have that have the possibility of being great in my life the the potential the idea that you could be good or that there is always something good I think that I have a lot of unfinished poems because I'm afraid that if I finish them, it'll be too much or that I'm too much or even worse, that I'm not enough at all. It's always about the possibility that you can be great. It's thinking that it'll be good anyways if I just put the time into it, but never actually putting the time. Because up until this point in my life, everyone has believed that I have such potential. It's always been about being obsessed with words, about how things are phrased and said, but now I'm beginning to wonder if I'm not even meant to be a writer. It's unspoken, it's unwritten, undone. Um, so that's half written. And I also wanted to share one of my favorite quotes, or I don't know if this was a thought that I just had. I definitely saw it somewhere and thought I'd read it down, but it goes, Adonis questioned, how many centuries deep is your wound? And it made me sad that I did not know.
So yeah, that's that's what I wanted to share with you guys. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed our conversation, especially getting to know more about who Kiana really is, and especially sharing her narrative. Um, being in the East Coast, it's truly difficult not being able to see a lot of Filipino community in your area. And the question that I asked in the beginning: What does it mean to reclaim our Filipino? Identity, especially if it's not ours to begin with, is kind of tricky. But this is going to be kind of like a working question, and for you guys to kind of reflect on a little bit. But with that said, I'm excited to for you guys to hear the next episode because we're still going to remain in the East Coast, but we're gonna move slightly in the North area, especially in New York. Where you get to hear the narratives of someone who is from the big island of Hawaii, but she moved to New York for college, and with that, just wanted to give a little description on who she is. Her work is funded on community values and archiving the oral history of Filipino AXU. And coming from the big island of Hawaii to New York City, she was able to find her East Coast home through Liga Filipina and Fine INC, where she currently serves as a District 3 National Director. That's pretty much it on the intro for our next guest, but feel free to follow us on our Instagram at Reclaiming Filipinx Identity. And... Feel free to read the show notes after the pod. And with that said, thank you for your generous support as always in continuing to listen to our podcast and our Instagram. Feel free to also uh, support us financially on our Venmo account, which is provided in also the show notes below. So with that said, thank you guys for listening and I hope you guys have a really great, amazing month. Bye.